0: What's going on, everybody? Thursday morning, NHL Fantasy on Ice. Pete Jensen and Rob Reese back with you two plus weeks into the season, and we're doing our rankings mailbag edition. We're bringing on Chris Wassel, DFS guru, betting mastermind for sure, and one of the best minds in the hockey industry.
1: What's going on, Robbie? What's up, Petey? Yeah, Chris Wassel is going to join us today. He has Tons of good information, not only season long DFS, but also some futures betting as well. So good to see you, Chris. It's been a minute.
2: I know, right? It feels like we all still need to go to this like mysterious, wonderful David Satriano place known as Mo's and have this like just this big giant like me- Mexican peg out. I know it's been too long,
0: man. We got to see you in person sometime soon. So we're getting into, you know, the weather's colder. We're getting on the cusp of November here. A lot to digest over the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, Chris, I know you're always on the injury storyline. So uh, two big nuggets have come out since we last had a show. Kucherov out eight plus weeks. uh, Dowdy out six to eight weeks for the Kings. I know that this is a huge blow to the LA Kings. I'm struggling to find any fantasy relevant options on that blue line, especially and outside of the top line in general, but your takeaways from these massive injury timetables for both Dowdy and Kucherov.
2: Yeah. It's weird because I don't know what is the big secret with, with NHL injuries, particularly with with Tampa Bay and Kucherov. Yes, he's hurt. Okay. I, I understand that. All right. For those that don't know, all right, it is a lower body slash groin slash core issue that that has caused the the fluidity in the timetable, and that's why that's why you were seeing changing timetables and nobody really knew what was going on. That's why. So for once, Tampa Bay was on the up and up about this. I know fans don't want other other teams don't want to hear that, but that that is the reality. They really did not know. Now, L.A. Unfortunately, guys, this is where it gets more interesting. As people know. Drew Doughty took a knee-on-knee hit. There was a bone contusion. That's not necessarily the real issue here. What was revealed, and thanks to Helene Elliott, God, God God, bless her, is that it turns out of all the things, Drew Doughty has a case of hypertension. Huh? An athlete has high blood pressure? Well, how'd that happen? And the question is, they really don't know how long the medication will take to work. They don't Nobody really seems to know what stage it's in. Believe me, there's stages I unfortunately know dealing with a family with heart history. It's not that easy. Um, So that's why you're seeing the six to eight week timetable. It's not so much for the knee. The knee will be fine in a few weeks. It's for them to make sure that they can get him regulated and back on the ice at at 100%. So of course, naturally, daddy goes down. I start looking for options. Oh, there's Sean Walker. Awesome. He's a DFS dream. He provides it for... Next night, boom. Well, there goes his knee. And you can see him being dragged off the ice, and you're just going, Oh God, that's an ACL. You know, it's an ACL. And sure enough, they, you know, same time that they can com- confirm the Daddy news, they confirm the Walker news. He has a torn ACL and MCL and a little bit other damage that wasn't specified. He's out for the season. LA's defense is a literal shambles now way, go pick on them if, if you if you if you can at least for the short term and you know it obviously not the only injury but these were two huge ones that will have a long-standing effect on uh, on on the season for us fantasy owners
1: if you're in a lead it counts blocks i would look at alexander edler on the blue line for the la kings i mean you know at this point i think it's time to abandon ship for Los Angeles outside of uh, Anze Kopitar, maybe Dustin Brown if you're in a hits league. But beyond that, man, if you've got Cal Peterson back there as one of your goalies, I think you can cut the cord now. Uh, I don't know anyone who still has Jonathan Quick, but if you do, that's also, you know, fully abandoned that as well. And I think the, the unfortunate thing for LA is a, an injury to a player like Dowdy lowers their ceiling so much, where with the Tampa Bay Lightning, Kucherov being out, we're kind of used to this now. We're used to them being down an elite player, whether it was Stamkos a few years ago. Now it's been Kucherov the past few seasons, right? So they've kind of played this style with one big guy out of the lineup. And we've really seen no drop off from a Stamkos when he's healthy. He's 10 points right now. He's tearing it up. Uh, Braden Point is a little bit of a slow start, but he scored a beautiful goal against the Penguins the other night. You can tell that he's got, you know, his chemistry going back on that top line now that they've shuffled it up there. So I don't look at the Lightning PD any differently you know, with the Kutroff situation, but LA, if you were high on that preseason, trust me, cut all your losses now and move on to a different team.
0: Yeah. I don't blame you for losing trust there. Like you said, and another guy is Arvidson who's been a good performer for LA so far, but if you're not on that top line with Kopitar, uh, you're not going to be fantasy relevant. Um, Some of the best options they have uh, on the blue line right now have no points on the season. So there's just not a whole lot to look at outside of Edler, Uh, If you're in the deepest of leagues, but for, yeah, for Tampa, Chris, I mean, I know they bounced back on Tuesday, but another kind of alarming thing happened on Monday, right. When they got blitzed by the Buffalo Sabres. And I think we're starting to warm up to the idea of this being a semi competitive team, at least for the rest of the season. Like they're not going to be a pushover. I mean, Tampa had every reason to be on alert, Going into that game, right? They knew Buffalo was off to a great start. They knew they were not off to a great start themselves, yet that still happened. So um, I think whether it's Craig Anderson, low-level streamer, Victor Olofsson, a couple other guys scattered throughout that lineup. What have you seen from Buffalo? And is this at any stretch sustainable?
2: It's it's weird with Buffalo because if you 2017, they they went on the, they went on this run right before Thanksgiving right before till right before thanksgiving and then the wheels fell off and then then it just the the wheels fell off went backwards and went rolling down like like william byron's like three tires at martinsville in the spring i mean it was just like you just watched you just watched it completely come come off the rails this time it's a little bit different you 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 see some numbers buffalo is more in the middle of the pack as far as far as your underlying scoring chances Um, expect goals is not outrageously off. You're not seeing like five and six goals plus in a category. You go, huh, well, how, how, how did this happen? And they're doing this without Casey Middlestat for most of the way, you know, he had an unfortunate injury, like right the first week or so of the season. And people just didn't catch on to the fact that last year, Don Granado had this team 15, 13, and two over the final 30 games. And I don't think people quite understood that Buffalo wasn't going to be great, but they weren't going to be that bad either. And when they sort of missed the boat on it, I I know the goaltending issue was just paramount. People just kept talking about this ad nauseum in, in fantasy circles. I didn't think it was going to be because they had a balanced team, at least enough to where you could put in a Craig Anderson. Now, were you expecting the Craig Anderson from... 2005 or 2006 and his perhaps you know in his mid-20s no but what you're getting is a goalie that's playing with within his skill and as long as he's allowed to do that he's going to thrive for this team now getting back to the original original question is it sustainable for a whole season no but they're going to be a nasty team to play against I know Nico Hishir uh, when when they played when Devils played Sabers, he said one main thing out of this. This is probably one of the toughest teams that we're going to play all all year, and it's not from a physical standpoint; it's from a battle standpoint. And Don Granado has this team playing, and look. Am I, am I going to put some money on them for a future for the playoffs? I probably am because the odds are so outrageous that I can toss five bucks on this and see what happens. Uh, but are they going to? 99% chances now.
1: No, I mean, I, I think we should be careful here when we talk about a surprise start with Buffalo, because I don't want people to get confused with the surprise starts of San Jose and Detroit, who I believe will be much more competitive throughout the entire regular season. Buffalo, you know, 4-1-0 at home to start the season. Pretty good schedule for them coming out of the gate. But November, it's going to sober up a little bit. They're on the road at San Jose, at Seattle, at Washington, at Pittsburgh, at Detroit. At the Rangers. I mean, those probably losing every one of those games right there. Yeah, they might be competitive and they might be hard to play against, but I'm not really buying that quote either. Chris, for, for the Buffalo Sabres, when you look at Craig Anderson, you look at Dustin Tukarski T- T- or whatever, I, I just don't think that that is sustainable. I mean, I appreciate the effort they're putting in, overcoming the middle sad injury, overcoming the Jack Eichel saga, right? But beyond that, there's not a single guy I'm targeting on the waiver wire.
0: Now, when you look at some of the waiver wire questions we got, I think this is like what you were saying, Robbie, about the Buffalo Sabres. Even with what they've shown us so far, you're almost always going to go with the other guy in a comparison. Not to totally dismiss them. Like I said, I would pick up Olafson in a deep league. I would roster Rasmus Dahlin if your league does not count plus minus. But that's The risk that you can uh, worry about here. So one question we got from John Weinberg on Instagram, Evan Bouchard or Rasmus Dahlin. That's what I'm saying. I didn't even have to think twice about this. You go with Bouchard and I know Bouchard is one of our um, waiver wire targets this week just because he seems to be closing the gap a little bit on Tyson Barry. I know Barry bounced back a little bit yesterday, but um, yeah, thoughts on Bouchard and whether he could maybe usurp Tyson Barry in the Oilers pecking order, Chris.
2: He should be able to, but this is all up to a certain Edmonton Oilers coach. And we've seen this before with coaches and their pet, pet, quote unquote, pet players. Uh, Bouchard makes Darnell Nurse a tolerable defenseman. Now, what do I mean by that? Now, it doesn't mean that Nurse from a fantasy standpoint is is great. He's He's been great for the last year and a half, but Bouchard makes him a more complete defenseman and makes his peripherals that much better look, I, I watched the one game last week where Bouchard has 10 shot attempts, six shots on goal and seven blocks and it looks like he didn't break a sweat playing 24 minutes. I'm like, oh wait a minute. So this is what a competent defense looks like in Edmonton. this, this may not be so this may not be so bad at last. And if you're looking at uh, bottom lines about floors and, and things like that for especially for DFS, Evan Bouchard has not hit what I like to call the elevator express up yet, which which is which is great for people out there. You're looking at DraftKings and Vanduul going, hey, guy's still around four grand, awesome. Let me scoop him up. That's not going to last, unfortunately. Um, you know Barry Barry's number will go down, Bouchard's value will 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 go up. There's going to be some bumps in the road because it's Dave Tippett. Face the reality here, Tippet. Tippett's like it, you know, he like he likes his everything a little bit old and a little little, uh, a little bit country uh, for the lack of a better term. And he, he is resistant to change. It's kind of like Greg Berube in St. Louis for the longest time. He just wouldn't admit what he had in Jordan Cairo. And now he kind of has and look at the results. This is going to be the same thing. There's going to be ups and downs, and you're going to want to drop Bouchard. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just, just, just hold on, you know, especially in season leagues. Embrace the wave and ride. I've had, I actually added Bouchard right before the season started because you could see in training camp, he was badly outplaying Barry and he was arguably even outplaying Nurse in, in camp, which is quite an accomplishment for a young kid.
1: And he led the Oilers a nice time on D against the Flyers, which, you know, yeah, it was a loss and maybe he got a little bit more quote unquote garbage time. But I think that's a very reassuring sign for fantasy owners. And with Tyson Barry, Petey, you know this is a player that has kind of been a yo-yo in fantasy circles. He, one year, he's like top 10. The next year, he kind of falls off because his plus minus goes in the tank, right? The next year, he's back up in the top 10. So we've kind of gotten used to this little bit of inconsistency in fantasy from Barry. That's why I think Bouchard's more of a complete player To Chris's point, it might not happen every game this season. We're still going to see Tyson Berry have multi-point games here and there. So if you have him in fantasy, I wouldn't cut that cord either. But I think if you're in a league that counts all categories, Bouchard's a great pickup. And I kind of view him in the same light as a Bowen Byram where, okay, yeah, there's a log jam kind of on the blue line there. There's some other high-end talent in fantasy especially, but you're getting exposure to top forwards night in and night out. And when I go to the waiver wire and I look at defensemen, I've got to pick up a guy that can have that even strength exposure at worst.
0: Right. And I think that we've seen uh, some other guys around the league emerge as well. If you're looking out there and one of the rookie defensemen are not out there and Bouchard's not out there. Another guy that emerged earlier in the week that we picked up either late last week or early this week. Can't remember, but Gus Forsling for the Florida Panthers. And that's another team, right? that's been near the top of our list all year, that like the Oilers, you just kind of want to get that exposure to, but even more so in Florida with their 7-0-0 start, Chris. So I think you're seeing a lot of these guys start to surface, right? Duclair playing in the top six, scoring goals left and right. Marchment playing on the third line, very productive player. Forsling, another one. Owen Tippett scored last night. It's almost like any guy from the Panthers that's playing a somewhat – Uh, moderate role. Like you want to jump all over them. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, I joked about this during, during the summer when they were signing all these players, I'm like, my God, they've signed 25 players and they're still a million and a half under the salary cap. And I had to go back through cap friendly and just start adding this up. I'm like, wait, carry the one, carry the two count the LTI. Oh my dear God, they've got enough cap. They could actually go out and acquire, acquire even more talent, which is very scary. But this is one of the most balanced teams in the NHL. A lot of futures, odds makers, if you will, slept on this team a little bit because at one point in early September, I got Florida as a plus 2,800. They had 28 to 1 odds to win the Stanley Cup, guys. They had 15 to 1 odds to make the Stanley Cup final at one point. That has come down a good bit. I mean, you're now looking at fifteen to one, and I think six or seven to one to make the final now. Just just from that seven and zero start. Now, obviously, they're not going to go eighty two and zero. Nobody nobody's ever ever going to expect that. But there is a guy that he's either really good or really bad, and he's he's kind of stunted our 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 Spencer Knight love fest a little bit. And that would be none other than Sergey Babrowski, who's been a big part in all this. Now, look. Are you going to have those nights where Bobrovsky like only saves like 20 of 25 sprinkled in throughout the season? Yeah, you're going to, it's just, it's just inevitable. It's how he plays, but with how balanced this team is and who am I kidding? How much fun they are. You can legitimately have about nine or 10 fantasy relevant forwards just from that team. And several cross my fingers, including Aaron Eckdai because he almost seems to almost get hurt now every other game and comes back Uh, he may he may be the i'm going to use the nba reference guys he may be the anthony davis of the nhl at this point he almost gets hurt but somehow somehow is okay Uh, they have the most balance right now out of all 32 teams by far and away they are the one team that could absorb a significant injury and be fine that's pretty scary at this early stage of the season
1: we actually just ranked Aaron Eckblad first overall at the position uh, in our latest edition of the top 50 defenseman rankings you can find those on nhL.com fantasy check out the list there do you agree with that Chris I mean everything that we've seen from Eckblad I love the comparison by the way I think in multiple ways he kind of came on a little bit you know later in his career too to be this elite point producer. But now he's playing 25 minutes on that blue line, which you mentioned, there's probably nine forwards you could stream in fantasy and you're not going to drop a single one this season. Do you like that ranking?
2: Right now, you have to go with this as, as, a good, as a good ranking. There's no other way to slice this. He is the best right now at what he does. And he makes other players better. And sometimes you have to account for that in fantasy. This is the reality. I mean, yeah, he may not get an assist, but he gets a shot assist. You, know, you may not, you know, do this, but that's going to lead the. That's going to be something that leads to more points eventually down the road because teams are going to start foc- They'll focus on one thing and forget the other. It, it's just in El Far. What do you defend against this team? And Car- I know Carolina and a couple of the pl- couple of players. Even Andre Swetchnikov said this the other the other night. How do you, how do you stop that balanced of a team when when they are all on their game at the same time? And his answer was simply, you really can't. You just have to hope they have an off night. And that's probably the highest compliment I've seen uh, of Florida, and particularly Aaron Eckblatt. He, he said, the only way you're stopping Aaron Eckblatt is if he has an off night.
0: Right, or if he or if he deals with an injury, like you said, has been uh... – you know, kind of on the cusp of and unfortunately missed a lot of last year because of a long-term injury. But I hope that applies to mine and Robbie's fantasy team, the experts team, because uh, we have six Florida Panthers, which goes against one of our rules. We never go more than like three of stacking, but we have Barkov, Ekblad, Bennett, who's like a top 10 overall player right now, based on category coverage, Forsling. And then we actually invested in the Bob Knight tandem so looking really good right now and looking like a team that most other people in our league would probably fear just like other teams in the nhl are fearing playing the florida panthers on any given night
3: three words for you guys pd was on this i was on this and then i'm going to lay out puck line panthers go take a look at their games go take a look at the scores they're an absolute wagon they're covering the puck line get on them every single night i don't care the price is going to change the value is not going to be there Keep doing what you've been doing with the Panthers. Lay the cash.
2: Yeah, you're gonna get at least you're gonna, you're gonna get maybe 40, 45 puck line covers easy this year with them. That that that's how scary good they are. I mean, obviously there was like five in a row right off the bat, which I'm not gonna lie, Bob. It was pretty nice. I mean, I dropped I dropped at least one hammer uh opening night. just like just get, the Florida puck line had the best value that night. I'm like, just hit it. Just 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 go with it.
1: Yeah, you can't lose in that situation. And I, I, fun fact, according to Action Network, in the last 15 years, the Florida Panthers have never been a favorite of minus 300 or higher against the Coyotes the other day. They were minus 390. So Vegas is taking note of this dominant team as well. I had them and Vegas in the cup final this year. Hopefully Vegas can hang around without these injuries. Credit to them the past few games. They look like they can withstand this. But let's talk about some teams that aren't Doing as well so far, Chris, that would be the Montreal Canadiens. We got a fan question about Nick Suzuki on Twitter. Uh, This one's interesting because for me, I'll be candid. I dropped Nick Suzuki after the first game. I don't recommend following my trades unless you like volatility and roller coaster rides. Uh, that being said, though, this this Montreal team, they beat Detroit six to one. And you're thinking here they come, you know, slow starts over. Then they get their doors blown off five to one the next game. I mean, come on. Like, what, what is going on here, Chris? Can you trust this team in fantasy?
2: Right now, you can't. You you, you can't trust anybody on this team in, in fantasy simply because, yeah, they they can generate a lot of chances. They can still do that well, but they're now giving up a lot of chances. They're giving up a lot of chances on the penalty kill. Uh, Unfortunately, many of the same problems that they had last year during the regular season are happening this year during the regular season. It's just now you don't have Carrie price. till God. I mean, they're talking already maybe beyond the Olympics. He may, he may be out till till March, perhaps Uh, at least that's according to some of the uh, French Canadian uh, outlets. And, Obviously, Jake Allen and Samuel Montemblot are not the answer in Montreal. We, we, we've seen that already, unfortunately. And I think I think there was a report that Montemblot may be starting tonight. So if if you're if you're a certain team out there, uh, we'll allude to this a little bit later. You you may be salivating a, a little at this at this juncture, but it, it goes back to this too much. Too soon, probably, for guys like Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki. It's unfortunate. You never expected them to go on the run you did, and you never expected Toronto to completely elfold out the way they did either. Well, maybe you did. Um, But it created a monster that works. It works in the playoffs, it doesn't work in the regular season. And there was no backup plan. You had the uncertainty with Mark Bergerman in the offseason. Uh, certain players were let go Thomas Tatar going to New Jersey hurt Philip Deneau for as bad as he can be at times was a good glue top six player for them just because he set up other players he created space he, he did the things that other members of the top six either weren't ready to do yet or could do and you combine that and you get the re- perfect recipe, unfortunately, for a slow start that has Montreal media calling for everyone's head within a 50-kilometer radius.
0: Well, one team that benefited from these, uh, these struggles of Montreal early on is the Sharks. That was the team you alluded to uh, tonight. They're going to be playing Montreal again after thrashing them 5 nothing on the road. Now they got them at home after a successful road trip. And Robbie and I were just marveling yesterday about how far guys like Logan Couture, Timo Meyer have come in skyrocketing in the fantasy rankings and being must own players again in all formats. And Jonathan Dalen along for the ride, Robbie and I picked him up in our joint league the other day, still sparse ownership in Yahoo fantasy leagues. And I just think that there is like some positivity brewing uh, with the Sharks. I don't know you know, what it's coming from. I think we have an idea of what it might be coming from, but I just think that the San Jose Sharks are a vaunted offense again, and it's caught everybody by surprise.
1: Tonight, you, you've got to hammer this one uh, on Thursday, the Sharks against the Canadians, you know, not to go too deep here on the Canadians. I I think it, it's worth saying, you know, it's still early. They can turn it around, but I think the ceiling's a lot lower. And the problem I had with them losing so badly uh, in Seattle was that Shea Weber their captain was in the building uh, around the team. He lives in the Pacific Northwest, I guess, at the moment. And and you still put that kind of effort out. It's really kind of despicable, you know, in my opinion, that that would happen. Uh, so I did drop Suzuki. I would, uh, depending on who you can get back. Jeff Petrie, to answer some other Twitter questions, the same result. I just don't see much upside. Even if they write the ship somewhat, Chris, I just don't think you're going to get that ceiling. For example, when I dropped Suzuki, I got back. Sam Reinhardt in one league. And I'm like, I would make that trade a hundred times out of a hundred times. But going to the sharks. Yeah. I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. Timo Meyer top five in shots on goal this year. Got a lot of good energy. Like Petey said.
2: Yeah. it's, It's as if the weight was lifted off of their shoulders or a track suit or something that like finally needed to happen, happened. And magically this team just, they're completely different. I mean, even Brent Burns, look, Brent Burns shot. Isn't what it used to be. We, we all know that, but Brent Burns is even playing with an enthusiasm and, and he, he looks a lot better defensively because he's being utilized in a way that allows him not to be exposed too badly on the, on the ice. And yet he's still able to play tw- again, 20 something minutes with, without a problem. Eric Carlson's been playing right around 20, 21 minutes. And that's about where his sweet spot is as far as effectiveness. It's like Bob Bugner, like, stepped Bell or something and magically figured, figured it out. I mean, I, I don't understand how it happened. I just see that it was happening. And after the first maybe few games of the preseason, I'm like, wait a minute. There's something here. And that was when I started getting in on some players. I got a little disappointed by William Eklund. And it's, not, it's nothing that's Eklund. He's going to be just fine. It's just right now he's kind of in a role that sort of he gets hammered for his defensive shortcomings a little, a little bit more than maybe he should. But he'll be he'll be OK. And then after that, you just go, wow, this team's electric. Um, Timo Meyer 25 scoring chances, 27 shots on goal through six games. I mean, wait, is this Timo Meyer from a couple of years ago? Oh, well, let me get a, let me get let me get let me get some trades here while, 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 while I can. And it, it sets up an interesting prop. You know, we, we joked about this. San Jose to make the playoffs. Yes, I'm starting to believe. Guys, I'm starting to believe with with, with L.A. being kind of hammered and Dave Hextall's Dave Hextall. There's a shot here. There is definitely an opening for San Jose to sneak in. Now, look, I know the goaltending issue is going to come up time and time again. Aaron Dell is kind of playing like Martin Jones right now. If, If you look at the numbers, he's at 890 save percentage. Yeah, he has three wins at it. and he has and he has a shutout too, which is kind of like really goofy in this for, for a juxtaposition. But James Reimer is playing kind of like James Reimer where he's the backup. He has around a 915, 920 save. For, you know, he has that 915, 920 career save percentage as a backup and it's perfect for, for what San, San Jose is doing right now. They're probably the team that is most set up to take this run throughout the rest of the season because of, Again, the division that they're playing.
0: Right. I think we learned a lot about the Detroit Red Wings yesterday and what they were able to do coming back to beat the Capitals and overtime on the road. Really impressive. I think they could hang around, like we said on previous shows. But yeah, I mean, you can't help but look at Anaheim is not going to be a contending team this year as long as, you know, they still have that kind of like old guard in the mix. They've been productive so far, but it's just, you see them kind of let leads slip away late like they did against uh, Winnipeg the other day. Just can't happen. Uh, so they're not far enough along, even with it was good to see a big display from Trevor egress the other day. By the way, he had been knocking at the door for a while. I kept him in one league. I was happy I did. Uh, but they're not a contending team yet. The Kings can't go without Doughty for four weeks, let alone eight weeks. So that leaves an opportunity for right teams like the Flames, the Kraken, and the Sharks. I mean, one of those teams can make the playoffs this year. And I think what we've seen from Calgary has been really encouraging too, guys, right? I just saw uh, Andrew Mangiapane, who has seven goals among the league leaders this season, tied with Elias Lindholm, his teammate. But Mangiapane has gone up 40% in Yahoo Fantasy roster percentage, up to 52% rostered as of record time on this show. So ridiculous stuff. He's been a goal specialist so far. This is a guy that sniffed fantasy relevance in the past, and it's probably the hottest waiver wire pickup right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, his ownership is now in line with his shooting percentage. He's he's shooting 40%, which, you know, is going to come down. It's going to come crashing down. I like Mangiapane as a player. I think he brings a lot to the table in terms of two-way game. You have to credit the Flames right now. Elias Lindholm's a guy that's just driving that ship right now. The trade that they made for him looks pretty good in hindsight. So, a lot of things going right for them, but. You know, for Mangiapane specifically, it kind of reminds me of Brett Connolly from a few years ago where this guy was basically had like 21 goals and like three assists or something, you know, to end the season. And it's like, where's where's the assist coming from Mangiapane? They're not. And I'm always going to stream a guy. I'm always going to stream a guy in fantasy that, that's hot right now, that basically every time he shoots, he scores. I like that, but I, I would not be surprised. To see him cap out at like twenty-five goals tops this year, and then have like a handful of assists, he's going to win the Cy Young. So I like Calgary right now. I think you should go after them in DFS. But when I look top to bottom of this roster, I just don't get that excited about the team. I, I really, really don't. I'm speaking in terms of fantasy, by the way. I want to say that, Chris.
2: Yeah from a, from a fantasy standpoint, they're a, they're they're what I like to call, and even even NHL, they're a bubble. They're a bubble team. And when that bubble bursts, it's going, it's going to be pretty bad for a little bit. Now, Manjipani is interesting because he had a breakout during the worlds this year. And I think it didn't get lost on one guy by the name of Adam Henrique, who said it. And I quote, maybe he's not a fluke. Mind you, he said this with him within earshot during the interview. You could hear this during, during the, during the world championships. And, I do think maybe his, his ceiling is a little higher. You just may not quite see it this year, but without a doubt, his DF, his DFS numbers are insane. And his, his price is, he makes, he makes for a good goal prop. If you can, if you can find it on one of those like back end sites, like a bet, bet MGM pops up some more of their goal props. Um, you know, I would definitely take the over on Manji Pani. He's probably going to get 25 uh, without a doubt. And Then you got to look, then you got to look at down the line, like Jacob Markstrom. How's he, how's he going to fare going forward as a season? Because look, Calgary does not have much of a defensive unit. They really don't right now. They're playing more as a team, but they have too many holes back there to really sit there and go, say, is this sustainable? No, it's definitely not, but they're in a division where it doesn't have to be sustainable. That, that's the key. They can stay around the bubble because there's so many other bad teams. And then there's so many horror teams in that division, like Arizona. And when, when you have that, you at least have a, have a fighting chance. And it gives them a little bit of a bump in fantasy only because of their opposition.
0: Well, we got a couple of fan questions uh, surrounding Mangiapane. Some people are asking, is he a must-add? Some people are saying Mangiapane or Andrew Kopp. Robbie, I know you like Andrew Kopp uh, more than him based on uh, how you touted him earlier in the week. He delivered for you. He's playing big minutes, of course, but um, also Kubelik or Mangiapane. I would go Mangiapane over Kubelik, and I would side with you, Robbie, with Cop, what he's doing
1: for the Jets right now. Yeah, Cop is an absolute beast. I mean, he, this guy deserves all the praise. He's getting eight points in six games, four goals, four assists, playing 21-23 per game. And let's not think this is just a current trend. Last year, too, he played 18-15 per game and had a breakout season with 39 points in 55 games. So cop is the real deal. And when this kid is on ice, he's big. Like He can run you over. He can score. He can do all those little things. And I do want to be fair there. Here, uh, Mangiapane last year actually had a good season. He had 18 goals, I think, roughly, in like 50, 50 some games, which is good. I mean, that's going to be a 20-goal score in the NHL. I just pump the brakes here a little bit on the Calgary flames, because this is not the Edmonton Oilers. I hate to take a shot here with the battle of Alberta, but when it comes to Pooley and Hyman and, and even Cassian at times, like I love streaming guys in season long from Edmonton, because I know they're going to score like at least three goals a game, even in a loss of the flyers, they put up three goals, Hyman scored, you know, Pooley picked up a point, right? So nothing against Mangiapane, Chris, but I would rather go with an Andrew cop. I'd rather go with, you know, somebody that has a little bit higher ice time, I think, and a a better suited role in fantasy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Cop was a Swiss. I mean, look, cop and Gord are like these Swiss army knives that you you can just sit there and plug in at any time and stream, which is a nice luxury to have. I mean, I drafted, I drafted both of them because I drafted Gord more this year just for the simple fact that I knew he was going to play a ridiculous amount of ice team. Once he came, came back from recovery from surgery and cop, kind of the same thing. I never knew there was going to be a COVID outbreak, with Winnipeg, Winnipeg where suddenly cop was playing 21 minutes instead of 18, but it's one of those things where it's like, I will gladly take the gift. I, I will, I will take, I will take the cop point prop again, like I did last year. And if you don't, you're, 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 you're throwing your money away. Uh, even if you toss five or 10 points on it i know up in canada i was able to find on sports interaction very easily uh, where they had point props for almost every single bloody canadian player you could ever ask for and then some Uh, but you know that that's the thing for me at least i'm i'm looking for those guys i can stream right now because let's face it there's 142 guys injured in the nhl i need i need band-aids I need them all over the place. I had one league where I had five IR slots, and I'm like, one, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, oh God, I can't. Even. And I worse, you know, because the ESPN can't cut lists. I had three guys I can't cut. They're on the IR. I can't even put them on the IR because other guys on the IR on top of it. So I need these band aid guys that I can come in and add for a few weeks, and. It turned out I did that last year for cop and now he's a permanent member of quite a few of my teams.
0: I'm glad you mentioned Yanni Gord because yeah, since he's come back from injury 22, 25, 22-02, 21, 24, had a multi-point game scored a pretty goal on the rush against uh, the Montreal Canadiens the other day. And I think that Yanni Gord, someone was asking at one point this week on Twitter Who is going to be the most valuable fantasy player from the Kraken this year? Like, they're sour on the defenseman now. Grubauer seems to be way too up and down uh, to put forth great numbers by the season's end. And then McCann has been a great starter. But I do think that Gord is the most valuable player, hands down, looking at it right now, based on our expectations. And even if they keep McCann up on that top line, Gord's playing such big minutes, playing on power play one. And uh, he's most valuable from that team in my book, for sure.
1: Yeah, Petey, I I agree wholeheartedly. I think Yanni Gord, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think like what happens when you play in like a third line role for a cup winning team. And then all of a sudden, like you garner all this interest. You know, we see it. Blake Coleman now, he's a tremendous player on a different team. Barkley Goudreau, you know, becomes a, a role guy on a different team. And now Yanni Gord for the Kraken playing north of 20 minutes per game, I kind of use the same logic as Chris, right? Like if you have that ice time, doesn't really matter what team you're on. If you're playing 20 plus minutes and you're producing at a decent clip, like you're going to stream him in fantasy and hats off to the people that actually drafted him and stashed him, I think it's well worth it. And speaking of stashes, too, I think it's time to start talking about Yevgeny Malkin, who's been skating recently for the Penguins. He's available in many, many leagues. I think he's available in two of mine this year. Uh, one does not have IR plus, so I can't stash him yet. But at what point, Chris, I know you specialize in these injuries like do you just go out and take the risk that maybe Malkin can suit up a little bit faster than expected, just like Yanni Gord did?
2: Yeah, you're, you're kind of sitting there and waiting, right? I mean, right now we're waiting on Sidney Crosby to see what, when, when, the, when the wrist is okay to sh- fully take. Um, he, right now, uh, Crosby's problem basically is he doesn't have enough strength to take face-offs. It's not even a shot. It's more the issue of the repetitive wear of taking face-offs. Uh, Malkin's a little bit different. He is skating. He's starting to look at least a little more fluid in his stride, which is important because his stride is everything his his first three steps guys are are just that paramount to his game when when that's not there he's not there and he's and he's not engaged and you can tell the difference in in the way he's playing so if you can stash him now i would i would do it he's probably a few weeks away at least that's the going thought process but Look, it's Pittsburgh. Magically, he could just pop up out of nowhere. I mean, everybody got into a little bit of a tizzy last week when Sidney Crosby was suddenly taking full practice. And we thought, oh, no, 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 no. Just bump, bump, bump the brakes a little bit. But, you know, Malkin's a little bit different. Once that knee is ready, knee and leg is ready to go, he's going to go, guys. So you, you you want to be ready on this.
0: I definitely think the stashing thing could be huge. We don't know if it would work out for a Jack Eichel because there are so many things working against him with the injury and the situation with Buffalo and, you know, all those different factors and where is he going to be playing on top of it? So, yeah, I think that you're more likely to see a return on investment if you trade for Malkin now, if you trade for Nicholas Backstrom now. Uh, when he comes back, that's going to take the Capitals to a new level. As much as we like how some of these fill-ins have performed, you're going to see Backstrom, you know, play on and off with Ovi again. Ovi's completely ripping it up. He's the number three fantasy player right now, behind McDavid and Drysaddle. So, really impressive stuff there. And uh, yeah, a couple other guys I wanted to touch on around the league. I think the Flyers made a big statement yesterday what Cam Atkinson is doing. He's back to must own territory in fantasy. And along for the ride has been Derek Broussard, who is actually a decent streaming option. He's been like a point per game player through six games or so. So um, it's Broussard, it's Farabee, it's Cam Atkinson, and it's giving the Flyers the secondary scoring to put them up to speed with some of these other deep offenses around the league and to see them go into Edmonton and uh, perform to that caliber is reassuring that maybe they could be a fringe playoff team. I still am not buying it, but uh, they're at least showing me something early on. They're showing me some, some resiliency.
2: Yeah, absolutely. They're a team that has to average at least three and a half to four goals a game to make the playoffs. They really do. Cause they're going to give, they're going to give up close to three or around three every single night or almost every single night. Um, look, the the one night against Boston, I, I sat there. It's like Martin Jones, oh, Wow, forty shots, and he somehow survived only giving up three goals. Uh, another night, I saw okay, thirty five shots, three goals. It, it seems like there there is definitely a pattern where this team gives up a high number of quality chances. And as long as their goaltending is able to just not even stop them all, but just stop enough, they're a fringe. They're a fringe. They are a actual fringe playoff team. It's it's crazy to think. But, and again, there is the one caveat in this too. We all know that right now, as of this moment, Cam Atkinson's not hundred percent. He is dealing with a little bit of a nagging lower body injury. And while he's not going to be the root hints of the bubble where every day he was, he was day to day in a game time decision. Uh, there are going to be some days you, you will have to be a little bit more alert than others and just see, you know, you just go around the morning skate around 1130, 12 o'clock and make sure Uh, is he, is he out there? Okay. Is he practicing? Does it look like he's going to play? Uh, Okay. Okay. We're good. But that line overall, especially him and Faraby have had some kind of chemistry and they really have since about the first week of training camp guys.
1: Yeah. I, I like streaming from Philadelphia right now. I do think a good point was made that they are allowing a ton of shots. They are fourth right now in shots against per game, actually Edmonton, is leading the way there at 37, but I think the, the, the difference between Edmonton and Philadelphia is you know Edmonton is good for four or five goals a game the entire season. None of us have a concern about that on this panel here. For Philadelphia, I will give them credit. They're, they're only putting up 30 shots a game, which is 21st in the league. It's not good. But last year, I remember they were winning games with like 17 or 18 shots total, and I'm like, the wheels are coming off here fast. Sure enough, they did. definitely playing a better system. I think Pete, that gives me the security of streaming guys like that. Even Yandle throw him into the mix too. I'd stream him at the deep position. I just still worry a little bit about that sustainability because we know Carter Hart uh, is in net. We know Martin Jones is in net. And think back a few years ago with San Jose, when their tandem was Martin Jones and Dell. I believe it was 2018-19. These guys were both playing around 8.85 save percentages. So just, you know, before we get too high here, I think it does, you know, you brought up a great point, Chris, like the shots against really can come back to bite you if the goalies start to falter a little bit.
0: Right now, Philly has a top ten, a top five power play in the league. Thirty point eight percent, really impressive. Another surprise in that top ten range uh, with the man advantage is the Columbus Blue Jackets. One guy uh, I talked about the other day on the network, uh, Boone Jenner has three power play goals already. He's not only playing top line at even strength with line A and Voracek, he's playing power play one. That's a, that's been a power play few years running right under Tortorella that has been horrible, but now they're so good. I mean, what has changed Chris uh, in such a quick time that has made Columbus like all of a sudden a fantasy destination for uh, power play production.
2: The Columbus brethren are probably going to kill me for this, but just, 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 just hear me out before, before you get your pitchforks out and, and, and start, start the, start the piggy roast. Boone Jenner is being deployed in a lot of the same ways as David Clarkson was in his in his quote-unquote breakout year with New Jersey on the power play. <laughs> uh, you'll see him near the net a lot, but the one wrinkle I'll say that's the difference between the two is you'll see where Jenner is being snuck into that sort of sweet spot a little bit better because you have to know. Everybody watches video, and they, 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 they pick up your tendencies pretty quick. But what now the Columbus staff has figured with, with Jenner is he has enough muscle to be able to get into position. So you can you can start him from a variety of points as the power play is taking shape and he's able to move into the middle of the ice almost by will. And that's been setting up a lot of his chances. A lot of his, his wrist shot has looked much better this year as well. And part of the reason why, goalies are having a tough time as he changed the release on his wrist shot in the off season. and something that I, I guess I picked up on in, in, in the preseason. And it's something that has translated into the regular season. I don't think this one is a fluke necessarily. I think he's the type of guy that could come close to 10 power play goals when all is said and done this year, because so much of that power play is being predicated on him.
1: Yeah. I like what I've seen from Columbus and I think it, it's true. They are a bit more free flowing this year offensively without Tortorella, no disrespect meant there, just it's the way they're playing. And and Bjorkstrand's another guy, he's having a killer season so far. He's shooting lights out right now. If he's available, take a shot on him as well. Uh, before we wrap up here, I don't want to get too granular on the Thursday slate, but I want to highlight two matchups that, that might, you know, have more storylines carried into the weekend. The first is Colorado against St. Louis. St. Louis has been one of the best teams so far in the NHL. Their power plays nearly converting at 40 percent. Uh, Kyrou's playing amazing, right? They, they've got all these good storylines in fantasy. Colorado, on the other hand, PD, has is, is been a little bit of a disappointment. Again, we're not worried about them. But I could see them, you know, giving St. Louis a hard fight here in this game uh, and it'd be a big statement win if Colorado can pull it out.
0: Well, I mean, the Blues beat them earlier in the season. The Blues look like the more dynamic, much deeper offense right now. They have Buchnevich back, you know, Kairu plays on that line. You got Vladimir Tarasenko performing like an elite fantasy producer again, even though he's sometimes out of the top six. It's not like he's been banished. It's just they're so deep. And that's one of my concerns about Colorado, especially with their defense being depleted. Now, Sam Girard's injured. It sounds like Devon Taves is nearing a return. That's good news. Byram's been good. McCarr has been a little slow starting, but I think he'll be fine. But that second and third line in the Avalanche lineup, I think concerns me. That's something that is not going to change very much from now until playoff time. And I just wonder if some of those guys like Comfer and, uh, you know, not having Don score there anymore. And, you know, Kadri, these kind of fickle type scorers, will it be enough come playoff time? I'm leaning towards no, even though I picked that team to finally get over the hump this year. Chris, are you worried about the same thing as I am with Colorado?
2: I'm I'm very concerned because that middle six defensively is horrendous.
3: Hey, shameless plug for NHL at the rink. Dan Rosen feels the same way that you do, Pete, about Colorado. I think the same way you feel about Colorado, Rob. So give that a listen. Ian Cole was the guest. Carolina Hurricanes was phenomenal. Robbie, he's got his finger up. He's going to go. But I got a hammer for tonight. And I don't want to get too in the weeds on Thursday, but I got a hammer. So go ahead, Rob, and then I'll give a hammer.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say, Bob, what you said reminded me that this, this is more of overarching 35,000 foot stuff here, but the teams that have have one dominant line and that's it, like Boston, like Colorado, right? Like they don't really do anything. They, they, they dominate the regular season typically. And in the playoffs, it's like, if you, if one of those guys on the top line dries up, boom, they're out, right. It's second round tops. So I, I think it, it is interesting. That being said though, I am a believer in this avalanche team. I think they are well positioned to bounce back quickly uh, if you can get them at a cheaper price now, you know, to make a futures bet, I think this is the time you do it now, you know, trends are going to shake out. And I think if we asked any, anybody on this panel, honestly, if the, even if they were in a lower seed in a round one matchup, like we're all still picking the avalanche here, right? So I, I would sure. say buy on while they're low, get a better price. And that's how you play this team this season.
3: Yeah. You and know? maybe it's best for Colorado to, to go in, not as a top seed, you know, president's trophy winner, a little pressure off the shoulders and, you know can get it done in the playoffs. Okay, for mm-hmm. tonight everyone's high on the Sabers, flying high, Don Granado, uh you know, all these young players. Well, quack, tonight quack. they have to go out to California and Gibson's in net for the Ducks. I'm going to take the Ducks tonight and it's going to be the first hammer of the season. Uh Ooh. Ducks minus 135. Love the Ducks tonight. Quack quack. Uh later tonight when they lose in overtime, uh I'll be I'll be crying in my soup, but I like them <laughs> at home against the Sabers tonight. Good
0: shot volume for uh, Trevor Zegers. I mentioned he cashed in with a multi-point game. He's averaging three shots on goal per game. So very quickly he could start to to bounce back and and reach, you know, maybe even exceed Cole Caulfield because it's not going to take much to exceed Cole Caulfield right now. So Trevor Zegers, I've been watching him for a while. He's playing big minutes, 18, 19, 18, 18, 18 in his past five games. So, you know, don't be surprised if all of a sudden he ignites and uh, puts his uh, old fantasy roster percentage to rest here. But one other guy, Chris, that I wanted to mention, just because you mentioned Rupe Hints earlier, we've talked about, is he going to turn it around? Now one domino to fall that could help his cause is uh, Jason Robertson came back on Wednesday against Vegas. He didn't have a point, played 1630, had two shots, but how much does the return of Robertson help Hints, and vice versa? There's a chance to buy low on those two guys right now. I think.
2: Yeah this this is this is a time where you have you have to get in on the ground floor uh, with these two. Uh, they worked extremely well last year in the bl- bl- bubble, and you're going to just basically want to uh, hammer this in, get it in now, and just do it.
1: For for Dallas, so I guess my only concern here is Tyler Seguin just isn't producing right now, and I think Dallas is becoming just a tad bit too boring. Uh, For me in fantasy, 1.86 goals a game is what they're averaging. I mean, that's not going to do it. I don't care who you're streaming. The only team worse, by the way. Uh, I think it's all obvious here, but is the Montreal Canadiens averaging 1.57 goals Mm -hmm. per game? And I mean, you're just getting no value there. I agree, though. I mean, I'm all about buying low as evidenced, you know, with uh, with the Colorado Avalanche. But Dallas is one team, I think that they've got a lot of pressure. I think, Chris, you said that earlier about the Canadians. You are putting a lot of pressure on these young guys to produce. And I just hope we're not seeing that same thing kind of here in Dallas this year.
0: And I think you're going to see there's too much, you know, there's a lot of scoring that will eventually come in Dallas, but there are too many guys for it to be passed around to right now, like Robertson's back and Klingberg's back, and they have all these other guys on the blue line. And, you know, Haskinen has been their top scorer so far, seven points in seven games. And he's been like a top 50 overall player, which is great to see for his ceiling, which we've known has been very high, but other than him, it's like, everybody's just kind of like going up and down and Pavelski's down, but he'll certainly bounce back at some point. And then when Pavelski bounced back, maybe uh hints, his value will diminish or Sagan will all of a sudden put together a scoring streak. And then Jamie Ben, you know, gets moved off his line and there's just too many moving parts and there's too many bodies and too, and the scoring is so low right now. So if it goes and gets balanced around, that's why you're having this problem, why nobody seems to be returning value outside
2: of the emerging star and it. time your streams well with Dallas uh, yeah. and they're not the only team that unfortunately <laughs> is going to be you're going to have to literally be a little resourceful but Dallas is going to be one of those big ones where you really need to time this right otherwise you're going to get burned badly
1: Well, to put a bow on things here, I think that's exactly why full circle here, teams like San Jose and Detroit right now are just so much more attractive because at least they're putting the puck in the back of the net. But Chris, that was top, top level stuff. So we appreciate you joining us this morning.
2: Oh, absolutely. By the way, you know, if you don't hammer San Jose tonight and you don't hammer San Jose one, I I know people have said in the past, don't do it. This is a little bit of a different situation. You're going up against the object that just doesn't want to budge, and they'll budge in a bad way, and that's the Montreal Canadiens.
0: Well, thanks again, Chris. Uh, Also wanted to plug uh, the Chirp had uh, Robin Leonard on, so definitely go check that one out. In addition to At the Rink uh, in the podcast network, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. The reviews have been coming in after the preseason coverage, but it goes a long way in supporting everything we do at NHL.com slash fantasy. Hit up the microsite. You'll see our rankings, you know, not only the forwards, D and goalies, but our top 200 rankings coming out today as well. Hit us up with your reaction to that with your ad drop questions all weekend long. And we'll talk to you come next Monday with Waiver Wire James. So for Chris Wassel, follow him at Chris Wassel DFS, Rob Reese at NHL Reese, Pete Jensen, Bob Bender as well at Air And we'll talk to you on the other side next week.